Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. One, two, three. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next life. It's a hard next life. It is a hard next life. A hard next life. Oh, it's a hard next Knicks fans, and what is up, Barry motherfucking D? What is up, Craig? <laughs> what What the fuck is wrong with you? That was the most intense I've ever heard you. Dude, I'm, I'm in a great fucking mood. <laughs> okay. And good day to Jay, a.k.a. Blanderson Hooper. Good day to you, Craig. And don't you hear the excitement in his voice? Always very level-headed. No, I think I, I raised my level a little bit on that, just so that way you guys could see. That was excitement from you? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, wherever you listen to the show, remember to leave us a five-star rating and or positive review. And please, subscribe to the one podcast that makes it all better. Because during times like these, we have to stick together, right, guys? Absolutely. It's true, we do. Because now, even animated kids' movies are fucking taking cheap shots at the New York Knicks. This clip right here, guys, from Pixar's latest hit, Soul which came out on Christmas Day. Check this out. I've been messing with this team for decades. And the Knicks lose another one. All right, all right. Did you guys see that clip? Yes. I, I watched the movie. Do you watch the movie on Christmas Day with, with the kids? No, yesterday. I yesterday? It. Yeah. Uh, that movie took place in New York City and lots of Knicks references throughout it. Yeah. Photos of Walt Frazier in a barber shop, and then that hilarious moment, I guess, kind of explaining why the Knicks have sucked the past 20 years. I was sitting at home watching that movie with my kids, because we don't do Christmas, and I'm watching it, not expecting that. I didn't see those tweets earlier in the day about it, Barry, that you shared with me later on, but we're watching the movie, and then that comes up, and I had no idea it was coming. I was like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. I jump up out of my seat, I make, I make the kids pause the movie, rewind it, just so I could record it from my phone for Twitter. It took like four attempts of recording because every time I stood up to record it, you know, my, my daughter's like, I can't see. I can't see. I'm like, would you shut the fuck up? This is for Twitter. <laughs> and she just watched it three other times as she's been trying to replay it. Apparently, Barry, the writer of, of that scene or whoever wrote that joke is a long suffering Knicks fan. Right. Which I'll be honest, I would never make that joke as a long suffering Knicks fan. Why don't you write a fucking joke about LeBron James? <laughs> Barry, did you bet on any of these first three games of the Knicks season? Yes. I didn't bet on the Knicks games, but I bet on uh, two games. And where did you place your bets? Placed my bet on betonline.ag. And I uh, I won my first bet, taking the uh, Pacers over the Bulls. And I lost a bet tonight. I took the Celtics over the Pacers. They only had to win by fucking three points. And they lost by one. And so how are you looking on the season so far? Are you up or down? I'm even. All right. So no closer to our courtside tickets for this season. 
No, not yet. What are the odds that we actually end up sitting courtside this season? Do you need to make like even more money now? Like, am I included in this or is it just the two of you? That's, that's a good question. Yeah, Jay, I'll take you too. But that's going to be very hard to do. That's I a mean, lot of money. We're not going to be able to sit courtside. Listen, if they allow fans in the building and they don't jack up the prices insane because there's not as much people allowed in attendance, I will buy courtside tickets, regardless of my gambling. Wait, what? Okay, well, let's just pretend like you want it because it's better for the ad. Wow. Okay. <laughs> All right, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. So head to betonline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your and Barry's online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, this was an incredible night. We got our first win of the season here against the Bucks. Nobody expected it. You know, after that second game last night, guys, I was devastated at how bad we played. The point guard situation looked worse than ever with Obi and quickly out and not playing and injured. The team basically looked worse than it did last year. Apparently, according to Stefan Bondi, a podcast favorite, Alfred Payton played so horribly after the second game that he stayed late at the garden to shoot extra after the game. And then while he was doing that, I was sort of talking myself off the ledge, telling myself, listen, we're going to have to be really patient this season, all right? There was no summer league. Training camp was just a couple weeks. Preseason was just four games. Here we are, two games into the season. We're about to go down 0-3 on the season to the Bucks. all right, in the second game of back-to-back. This is going to be a long fucking season. It's going to be a season with slow development. Now that the games have started... You know, we're two games in at that point. I think I and many Knicks fans came to the realization that, all right, this isn't going to be some miracle season, right, that you always hope for. You never know. Is the team going to catch fire to start the season? Is it just going to gel instantly? Is Kevin Knox all of a sudden going to be playing up to his potential? Is Obi Toppin going to be a rookie of the year? He sort of came back to life with reality after that second game. And then we play the Bucks, and we fucking blow them out of the building. Insane. In the second game of a back-to-back, which we always, always lose. All right, we could have easily, after that home opener, which, by the way, how about those intros for the home opener? Were those the most awkward introductions ever? I mean, for some players it was, I feel like. They were waving to the stands. (laughs) And the audio at MSG is fucking dreadful. I don't know what is going on. The whole opening video, did you hear anything? It was very muffled. They could have piped it into the main audio feed, you know, instead of having to hear it. Who else are they fucking playing it for? Exactly. (laughs) It's just just for the people in the arena. It's for Chris Eisman and Stefan Bondi. (laughs) Right. And Harlow. Uh, But that game, I don't even want to... We'll talk about that game later. later. Let's talk about the Bucks game. Yeah. There's a lot of good to discuss. Let's start off with Julius motherfucking Randall. (laughs) Julius ran off to a great start of the season. All three games for Julius, my friend. Yeah, 29 points, 14 boards, 7 assists in this game. All right, in his first three games here, he's got 19 assists. It's crazy. Which blows anybody else on the team out of the water. Two two of the three games, 25 plus points. He's playing under control. He's sharing the ball. He's making good decisions. He's looking for his teammates. More often than not now, when he drives into the lane, he's kicking it out. That's exactly right. He starts 
barreling towards the lane and you're like, oh my God, here it goes again. But but you're right. Every time he looks to kick it out, he's just trying to draw the defense onto him because he knows that one of his fellow shooters on that team is going to be left open behind the arc. And it's worked brilliantly on his behalf. And when he spots up from three and takes the three, he's been hitting it more times than not. He's five of nine on the season. It's it's really unbelievable. And it's not even an exaggeration. <laughs> every and it's it's weird watching him because every time he goes into the lane, you think he's gonna do what he was doing last year. But every single time I'm shocked every time he kicks it out or gets rid of it in that situation because of how it went last year. Every time last season he would force it up, he would take an offensive charging foul, you know, he would barrel over the player in front of him. He would lose control of the ball. He'd turn it over. But now every single time he's making the right decision. Has Thibodeau gotten in his head? Has Kenny Payne gotten in his head? Something is working. It's only three games. But these are three really good games. I mean, for Julius Randle to be, besides maybe Alec Burks as the most consistent Nick so far, it is so shocking that if he plays this way all year, they're going to fucking pick up his option. You know, they have got a team option for next season that we've all been just assuming they're going to they're going to let him go and get that money back. But dare I say he's pl- I mean, the way he's playing all around right now, it's a little LeBron-esque. He's been playing smart and yeah, a lot of times he's point Julius out there, bringing up the ball, creating offense for him and his teammates. Um one thing he did this game that he didn't really do much the first two games, he got to the line uh, he got to the line 11 times this game and hit 10 of those 11 free throws. He's doing everything out there and he's playing smart ball. Uh, the thing is, can he be this efficient through most of the season? The answer is no, he can't be. But but let's let's ride it out. Let's see how how well he continues and and, and on this path. But I love this new Julius. It's unbelievable. I think he's averaging now like 21 points, eight rebounds, six assists. You're right. Is it sustainable? I mean, we'll have to wait and see. The most promising thing is that he is not just putting up points and he's not putting up these numbers by, you know, being selfish and taking the ball the way of the hoop over and over again like we've seen. He's putting these numbers up while he's he's sharing the ball more than we've ever seen him. And he's always making the right decision. So it could all change in an instant the same way. We went from being down 0-2 in the season and looking as bad as we did in the home opener to how good we looked against the Bucks. But so far, I mean, I am the most shocked by his play. Do you do you remember <laughs> was it maybe like a month ago when somebody was like, "He's the most accomplished player on the roster," and you this is somebody you? else this, was like somebody and somebody yeah. else was like, "He fucking sucks. We got to get rid of him. He's horrible." Uh-huh. And then you know, do you remember that or? Do you remember a couple days after that when, <laughs> when the Knicks I were said, playing he, when and I said you, he had hands you texted like, us like stone? <laughs> you were talking about how horrible he was and how wrong you were? Do you remember that? I didn't say I was wrong. I just said he had hands of stone. That's what I said. Listen, Jay, the fact that you called him the most accomplished Nick and you were raving about him a few weeks ago, that means absolutely nothing. You, What were you, predicting the future? I mean, you were talking about the past. And of those things you said, he wasn't any of those. I mean, maybe if he was, maybe he's their most accomplished player. But to call someone accomplished because they're the most accomplished player on the Knicks is, is laughing. He's still, he's the best of the worst. Still something. <laughs> I give you credit, Jay. You Thanks. saw it all. I just had a feeling. <laughs> For me, it's the passing more than anything else. And thank God for its passing, because until tonight, we had zero point guards on the roster. We actually had like negative three point guards on the roster. But then the other guy we got to talk about during the Bucks game, someone that 
all Knicks fans, including myself, were killing after game two. Killing. How many how many tweets alone did you send out during that game last night just about him? Twenty nine. I mean, there, there were a, there were a lot. There were Alfred Alfred Payton through over his first two games of the season had seven points. Including the offer, the including the offer in game two. He was awful. And then after the game, I was tweeting that whole game, like you know, put Elf on the shelf. What could he do that Frank can't do? Because Frank wasn't getting any minutes. He was horrible. Stefan Bondi after the game tweeted that Elford was working on his shot. <laughs> that fucking whistle throws me off every time. Is that really like a Twitter thing? I never hear. The only place I ever hear someone do that is here. No, that's the Twitter thing. On what? Where do they do that? The bird tweeting. <laughs> like officially? Yeah. That's their sound? Yeah, that's their sound. Barry, have you ever heard that other than when Jason does it? Yes. I mean, I've heard other people use that for Twitter. It must have been the original tweet sound, but it can't be the default one because it doesn't do that on my Twitter. And then, Jay, do you have like a pack of birds when, we do, when we're talking about a fleet? No, but I could look for that if you'd like. I could look <laughs> I don't for like think the we're sound ever going to be like talking a, about a fleet, but a crow just came murder, to uh, A murder of crows or, you know, a flock there of geese go. or something. <laughs> Um, where was I? You were on. Oh Alfred. yeah. So Stefan Bondi tweets that he that Alfred is working on his shot at MSG, which I think I responded something like, um, you know, the backboards deserve better. You know, they deserve a break, something like that. Because the one thing that Alfred can't do, we all know, is shoot. But against the Bucks, where the fuck did Alfred Payton come from? Twenty-seven points, seven assists, probably the best point guard performance I've seen. Since the great Emmanuel Moutier. We're going to get to work, kid. We're going to get you right. <laughs> he was 12 for 16 from the field, 3 for 3 from 3. Perfect from 3. Which Alfred. is, my gosh. The point guards on this team from 3 tonight. Frank was 4 for 4 and Alfred was 3 for 3. 7 for 7 from 3 Dude. by the point guards. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That was Jake. That timing on that that sound was perfect. You're getting good. Thank you. Thank you. Just three games in, dude. If if Frank had put up those numbers, if DSJ had put up those numbers, they're much younger than him, right? They're less accomplished because um, Alfred is probably the second most accomplished player on this team. But if they had put up these numbers, we would be fucking going crazy. And so he deserves us to go crazy. He hasn't scored 27 points in like in over two seasons. He hasn't scored 27 points. This and and I think that he's the main reason why we won this game. You know, obviously the entire the entire field, any team changes when you have a competent point guard running the team. And he was running the team. He was playing aggressively. He was he was finding his teammates. He was driving the lane. He wasn't disappearing like he has the first two games. Yeah, but obviously it wasn't just him. I mean, the whole team was was shooting really well. Were they fifteen you know, to twenty nine, right? Yeah, yeah. They they shot fifty four percent from the field. Their three point percentage was fifty nine point three percent. Sixteen of twenty seven from three. Their defense from beginning to end was tenacious and was solid. And everybody, I feel like everybody against the Bucks showed you something. Alec Burks continues to play really well, dude. I I didn't know much about him before dude. this season, to be honest, and he is so smooth out there. He can, the way he shoots the threes, there's nobody on that team that that I'm as confident in when they put the ball up. Off the dribble, you know, catch and shoot. How, however he gets it, he's good. He can handle the ball. He can run the point. He's got a pretty quick release too. He does. 
He does. But yeah, what a, what a great acquisition. He had 22 points the first game, 22 points the second game, 18 the third game. That's why I said that beyond Julius Randle, he's been the most consistent Nick. Yeah, he's 10 of 15 on the season from three. Yeah, and you could tell that Tibbs usually likes to have at least him or Bullock in the game um, to get that shooter from three all the time. Yeah, and he's been getting himself to the line each of these games. Frank giving you 12 points tonight in 19 minutes. You know, as we said, he w- he was four for four from three. He barely got off the bench in those first two, in those first two games. He played like two minutes last game. Two minutes the last time. game, he played five minutes <laughs> against yeah. against now, the Pacers. Now, what was what was DSJ's reason for being out tonight? Contused left quad. Mm. Jay, you're the newsman, so we should make you the medical expert as well. What is a contused left quad? Contusion is just a bruise, a deep bruise. Well, I mean, DSJ over the first two games of the season, not a bright spot for the Knicks. Not a lot of bright spots, but overall the point guard play has been brutal up until tonight. You know, DSJ was getting those backup minutes once once quickly got injured and was out. It's clear that Thibodeau, at least after quickly got injured, was leaning on Alfred and DSJ as the main point guards. Frank was coming in late in games or or at the three, not playing any point. But he got the opportunity tonight with DSJ out. Do you think he earned more minutes in the backup point guard role with his play? Well, yeah, I mean, he he could fucking hit a shot where DSJ couldn't hit fucking water from a boat. But not only did did his threes go down, but like that fourth three that he took, it was like early in the shot clock. He didn't even look for anybody else. He stepped up. There was a defender pretty much on him, and he took the three because he knew it was going in. He felt comfortable. And that's what made it four for four. It was was unreal. It was like so non-Frank-like. You could tell when he was out there that he's not not out there to play the point, right? More often than not, someone else would bring the ball up. When he did bring the ball up, he was giving it up early and then go standing standing on the sidelines watching the play develop. Thibodeau's clearly not enamored with him as being a point guard. No, and but but not only was he out there to kind of help you know secure this win for them, but he was out there trying to secure a role for himself on this team. You know, he's saying to himself, "Look, I don't know how many chances I'm going to get. You know, DSJ is hurt, Quickly's hurt. I got to seize my moment, and you know, I'm I'm going to I'm going to put up threes, and that's what he did, and he hit them, hundred percent. Yeah, and you and you got to give this team, like I was saying, you got to give this team some time." All right, you got to give the young players some time. I know it's hard for many of us to do because we've been giving them, some of them years to develop and they just haven't yet. Probably a combination of their overall talent, but also the coaching staffs that we've made them suffer through. So you got to give guys like DSJ some time, but over two games, DSJ has not shown much. No. All right, he has not shown much at all. I think that Tibbs is only playing him, honestly, because Quickly's out. Once Quickly comes back, hopefully that's sooner than later. I think he's gonna he's gonna take at least the backup point guard role. Frank's probably gonna continue to see minutes, you know, at the three. But it wouldn't shock me if DSJ is out. Yeah, Tibbs likes to keep a tight group. You know, whatever players he decides to play in that game that particular night, he wants to keep it that way. He wants from start to finish, unless they're you know, unless they're just playing outright awful or is going to do something stupid where he's going to yank him. He's going to keep his 10 guys, you know, that he wants to play. RJ Barrett in that second game, guys, you know, after going 11 of 15 in the first, I think he went 11 for 11 to start the game against Indiana on opening night. And everybody was raving about him, obviously. He had 26 points that game, eight rebounds, five assists. Great opening night for RJ. Yeah, he was 100% from behind the arc, three of three. And then that second game against the Sixers, he was dreadful. Two for 15. He was 
he was bad. <laughs> Awful. He was bad. Now, all the good vibes you got from him after that first game went away after the second. His, sh- <laughs> right. his shot looked amazing in the opening night. And then against against the Sixers, it looked ugly as shit. Yeah. And I mean, I know his numbers were, were, were pretty good, you know, if you're looking at the, the, the box score. But he didn't look that good to me tonight either. He was forcing up a lot of stuff on the inside, which, look, you want to see him come back after a bad game and do that sort of thing. Um, and he did have a good first quarter, you know, out of the gate. But after that, I feel like it kind of dripped off a little bit. I didn't, I didn't love his game against the Bucks. What do you have? 17, 18? Yeah, like seventeen points, eight rebounds, four assists. Yeah, um, Barry, but Barry, but he's let's not forget he's twenty years old. His, his hey. game against the Bucks was more in line with what we all hoped to get from him. He was he had seventeen points, eight boards. Four assists, little, little, did a little bit of everything. Yeah, he was seven for seventeen from the field, but he had some nice plays. He had some nice right. power moves in close. Right. Well, the game the against the Sixers three. was just embarrassing. Well, did bad. you hear? I can't remember if it was post game or if it was during the game itself. I, I can't remember if it was Breen or if it was Zerbiak talking about how different game two was versus one and three, and how maybe that can be attributed to just the defense of Ben Simmons and and not so much on RJ and not you know the fact that just Ben Simmons. It was just all over him. Could have. I mean, he still missed six threes that game. He, and he didn't hit, like I said, he didn't hit any um, against Milwaukee either. He did keep shooting though. I mean, you know, he, he kept going for a shot. Yeah. Knox showed us a little. He didn't put up any big numbers. But honestly, through the first two games, I was like, where the fuck is Kevin Knox? He was, Kevin! <laughs> he was nowhere to be found. You started thinking like, okay, we do have to be patient with Kevin Knox too. But two games in, looks like the same Kevin Knox as last season. But here in this third game, he had a couple of nice drives to the basket in the fourth yeah. quarter. Yeah, he played well. A couple of hustle plays, you know, diving for loose balls. Yeah, just one for four from three, but he he had, ended up putting up a decent game for, for him. Mitchell Robinson played well. He, he defended the rim really well tonight, you know, underneath a tough task. You know, whenever you're facing Giannis, he, he did really well. He held his own. He had a block. He had uh, two steals. Um, you know, he had nine point six rebounds. He he defended well. Yeah, in my mind, Mitchell Robinson has taken a, a solid hold of the starting center job. Yes, it was funny during you know Nerlens Noel started off preseason at the starting spot. Mitch was seemingly unenthused about that, but Nerlens Noel over the first three games has done pretty much nothing, and Mitchell Robinson has put up solid games throughout. Pretty much, he's he's playing decently. You know, um, Nerlens Noel looked like against Dwight Howard in that second game. He looked like a WNBA center, Oof. to be honest. Is that awful to say? That's sexist. Well, he looked like a lady out there compared to Dwight. <laughs> and he wasn't going to step up to him. You could tell he was intimidated. He's got the long hair too. So it, everything fits. He just needs a pair of boobs and he'd be perfect. <laughs> Has this gotten weird? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh. Um. I'll take it all out. It's all right. <laughs> I'll probably leave it in though. So we didn't play that crummy in game three. Pretty fucking good against the Bucks. Speaking of crumbs, you see how that works? Nice job. Were you expecting that? Yes. You do. Once I said crummy. Yeah. Even before that, I knew that's where you were going. <laughs> Guys, Clarkson Avenue Crumb Cake Company is changing the crumb cake game. Jay, tell us about the flavor of the month. Flavor of the month is eggnog, which clearly is only the flavor of the month for the next couple of days. I mean, only a few more days to get this eggnog right. crumb cake. Um, Did you drink eggnog during Christmas? My mom actually had eggnog, and I don't believe that anybody drank it, truthfully. That's one of those things where it's just you either like it or you don't, and I'm one of those don't people. I'm. It's not something I'm into. 
What a great... You're selling this crumb cake. Well, really I'm not talking well. about their crumb cake. I'm talking about eggnog in general. I'm not an eggnog fan. Uh, you hate the flavor of eggnog, but you should all go and get this eggnog crumb cake before it's gone. But Clarkson Ave, they make delicious crumb cakes, so I'm sure that whatever they do with eggnog, it makes it taste good. I don't, I don't doubt their ability to to take a flavor that maybe is not so great to begin with and turn it into something spectacular. From holiday gift boxes to their world-famous Crumpkins, they even have a Crumb Cake of the Month subscription you can get for three, six, or 12 months. Go to ClarksonAvCrumb.com, use promo code HARDNIXLIFE for 23% off your order. Can I just tell you something about the uh, about Clarkson Ave? Because it's important to get in there. If anybody is going to, to make a purchase, they're, they're closed from the 31st through January 8th. Shop is closed. Oh, no. So if you're looking to get in an order, like you need to get it in in the next couple of days or else then you're going to have to wait uh, about a week or so. All right, guys. Well, you know where to go. All right, Barry and Jay. First impressions through the first three games of the season. I feel a lot better after tonight, (laughs) for sure. I think that they played well first half in both games and then kind of, you know, the, the later parts of the game is where things went things went wrong. But uh, I saw actually Barry earlier today and I was telling him, you know, there's nobody on this roster who was in the playoffs, correct? Not one player was in the bubble? Where was Nerlens? Nerlens might have been. Was he, was, who was, was he in OKC? Yeah. Okay. So he's the only one, which means none of these other guys have really played competitive basketball since March. So, I mean, how are you really going to get on them for, you know- Austin Rivers was in the bubble. Yeah, but he hasn't played though. Mm. Oh, right. Yeah. So I'm talking about guys that have played in the games. These guys haven't played in nine months, most of them. So are you really going to get on them for running a little ragged the third and fourth quarter? You got to give them more time. No, and speaking of Austin Rivers, you know, he was a big signing this offseason. Obviously, big parts of the team who haven't really been a part of the first three games yeah. at all, really. Also, Obi Toppin and Emmanuel Quickly. You're looking at a roster with those injuries that isn't that much different than it was last season. Yeah, you have Alec Burks and you have Nerlens Noel, but those are the only differences. Alec Burks has been playing great, but if you swap him out for, you know, for Marcus Morris or one of the other Knicks that left, it's not that much different. So so to expect them to be that drastically better than last season or, or to expect just this coaching staff alone to make that much of a difference in the first few games of the season in this weird situation, right? The Knicks haven't, played under these circumstances really like most of the other teams. It's got to be tough for this young team to be playing at an empty Madison Square Garden. A young team who probably, when things are going well, is feeding off of that crowd, right? The the veterans out there on the Sixers, let's say, Joel Embiid, they've learned how to play in these situations with no fans. It takes a different kind of player to be able to keep that intensity up the whole game. They haven't learned how to do that yet, especially these Knicks. So yeah, I don't think you can hold that much against them. Obi Toppin, we only saw a little bit of him in the first game. Dude, I, I think he was probably injured before they even announced his injury because he was only standing behind the three-point arc in that first game. Barry, wasn't it, wasn't it weird seeing him out there not even attempting to do what he does best? Yeah, I mean, that, those are obviously his strengths. Um, you know, coming out of Dayton, we knew that his three-point shot was decent, but it was low volume. So just to come into the NBA and start launching it up like he did when, yeah, taking it to the rack um, with his athleticism is his, is his key strength. Yeah, it was a little disconcerting. He, was, um, he, but- he took seven three-point attempts against Indiana. 
Right. And he's got that unusual shot where it just looks like he's shooting from his waist. Right. He gets way up there. You know, a lot of arc. <laughs> just like flicking it up there. Yeah. And that is, not, I would not mind if I never see him shoot another three the rest of the season. <laughs> he should not, that should not be a big part of his game. So I suspect that something was bothering him before they took him out. And Emmanuel quickly, obviously, only played 12 minutes so far. Just a horrible start to the season for him after he he lit it up in those final two games of preseason. And we were all declaring him the next big thing here we at were? point guard. Were we all doing that? We were all declaring him. Oh, we are. We were. Okay. Were we not? I, I sort of remember a certain somebody being like, it's two preseason games against the Cavaliers, but... Wow, Landy, you just came in here just firing on all cylinders. <laughs> it's just, I'm just saying. Trying to take me out at the legs. <laughs> I am the smartest man alive! <laughs> it's all, it, it is all away. You're like Julius Randle last season, just barreling down the lane to get your points here. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time it's hurting the, the team game. in the end, Jay. It's, it's hurting, hurting the team just the to get your fucking sound clips in. <laughs> <laughs> if you could all see the smile on Jason's face every time he just hits play on one of these sounds. I love it. It's so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't ask me my, um, or I didn't get to tell you my impressions for the start of the season. So obviously they're leaning on RJ a lot, um, which is good to see because I think he can handle it, you know, um, you know, as much as that, that game two that was sandwiched in there was, was so disheartening. I, I think he's up to the task. There was a few quarters where, you know, they had like one shot left. They put the ball in RJ's hand and let him, you know, uh, take control. So I think he's going to be a go-to guy. Um, even with Julius Randle putting up these numbers, RJ is clearly going to be the guy that they want um, to have the ball uh, at the end of close games because you could already see them kind of practicing that at the end of quarters. Um, and I love what I'm seeing from Thibodeau. You know, he did, he did not take his foot off the gas um, in this Bucks game, nor should he have. You know, even Breen and and Clyde made a comment like when the Bucks put their bench in, um, you know, like their their scrubs in. They said, you know, they were surprised that the Knicks still left all their starters in. But you, you can't, especially against the Bucks. I mean, there there was a game tonight between Orlando and the Wizards where through three quarters, the Wizards were up against Orlando, ninety four to seventy seven. That was a seventeen point lead. In the fourth. The Magic came back and outscored him 43-19 to 19 and won by seven. And that was two evenly matched teams, the Wizards and the Orlando. The Bucks could have easily come back from down 19 in that fourth quarter if the Knicks didn't let up. But they played with that same intensity, and that's totally on the coaching staff to get their players to buy in and to keep that up. So I loved what I saw from him. And and mind you, this was not a meaningless game for Milwaukee. This was not like an end of the season game where they already clinched the playoffs and it was it was meaningless. This was game three. They were one and one, you know, um, coming into Madison Square Garden against the Knicks. They wanted to win. They wanted this game, and the Knicks took it from them. But what you were saying about Tibbs leaving the leaving the players in there? Yes, I don't even know if it was only about maintaining that lead. They weren't losing that lead. But dude, this team needs all the minutes they can get. All these players need all the learning they can get. They need they need all the conditioning they can get. They need like they're playing hot. They finally have have it going here in the third game after playing as bad as they did last night. Just leave, let them go. Yeah, they're having and, and fun. Especially, they were loving every minute of it. And especially these first two games where they had two good first halves and then they collapsed the second half of each of those first two games. I mean, thank God they they put together four quarters of great basketball. Yeah, exactly. Make them play all four quarters. They have to learn how to keep that going 
throughout the entire game. So yeah, if you took them out after three, then do they do they have that learning lesson? Did, did they learn how to keep their foot on the pedal for the entire four quarters? Because that's how they need to play every single night. We've seen this team the past few years. You know, We've lost a lot of games in the second half. And typically, you can stay with teams in the NBA um, when you're not as good through, through a half. And then the other team finally turns it on. Tonight was just a huge, huge win. I was, like I said, I was so miserable after that second game. Yeah, and I was convinced all day today that the Knicks were going to get shellacked by Milwaukee. <laughs> it wasn't even fucking close. I was so excited. Even when the Knicks were like up 20, but they just kept kept hitting shots to maintain that lead. I was jumping off my couch. I was, you know, slapping my son five, you know, because he's watched, so far he's watched all, every game with me, you know, from start to, to finish. It's been great. But um, I was so pumped up when Frank was hitting shots and Alfred was hitting shots. Unbelievable. Great, great win. You know, one of my favorite parts of the game was, um, I forget what quarter it was in, but someone on the Bucks was going one-on-one against Knox. Emmanuel quickly and a couple other players from the bench were up from their from their seats, you know, leaning forward, yelling to Knox to, to urge him, you know, to D up. And Knox went right up against against that buck and and forced a bad shot. And he played great D. And I just love seeing that kind of culture there on the bench, seeing the guys into that into the game, urging their teammates on. I don't know, that stood out to me because it was, you know, Emmanuel Quickly, a fellow Kentucky alum, or as Barry would say, um, what would he say, Jay? <laughs> oh, <what did> he, <laughs> I can't even remember. Oh, we should get that as a draft. Fellow a Kentucky. Fellow alma mater? Yes, alma mater. that's yeah. what it was. A fellow, a fellow alma mater alma of Kentucky, <laughs> you know, <laughs> urging uh, his buddy on, and I thought that was great to see. I mean, a lot of camaraderie from this team. Uh it's going to be a long season, though, guys. I mean, we looked great against the Bucks. We might look like shit the next five games and be right hey. back to where we were after we were 0-2. That's what it is. Well, did you see the, the juggernaut they play in the next game? The 3-0 and Cavaliers. The Cavaliers beat the Sixers. They crushed the, the Sixers today. There was a, dude, there was a lot of upsets tonight. The Nets lost to Charlotte. You know, like I said before, Boston lost to Indiana, not a major upset. Um, Let's talk about the, uh, the Nets losing to Charlotte. How about that? <laughs> Kevin Durant and Kyrie both had huge games and they still lost to Charlotte. I did put money on the Nets to win the East this year. That is a bet that I did make. I think they got a chance to win the whole thing. Craig, how do you feel about that? What are you, you're about to cue up a sound clip here? <laughs> no, I'm asking you. I'm, I want to <laughs> see what you, you have to say, and then I'll you see. look all poised to play no, something. I'm, I'm look. I, I want to hear what you have to say, and then maybe I will have one. Listen, but. I mean that's probably a good bet. What do you want me to say? I mean, uh, yeah, there's so many weapons in their like first that. two games. I mean, I don't know if there's anyone close to them in the East. There is the, the, the only way. Like, Shut the fuck up, Barry. <laughs> the only way they don't win the East <laughs> is if somebody gets injured, which is a big possibility. Well, Spencer Dinwiddie just got injured. There's a few ways they don't win the East. One way is that KD goes down, which he will. He will eventually go down. I don't want. I'm not wishing it. But I think will. Kyrie is just as likely to go down as KD is. I mean, Kyrie's Kyrie, got his injury yeah, history is worse. He gets some sort of shoulder injury every season. Knee, he can his also, knees. He can also, his knees, his fucking head, his brain could take down this team <laughs> at any point. In my past life, like I said, I was you. I was you. I was you. What you are now, that's what I'm up here. Yeah, talent-wise, talent-wise, Barry, they they could be the best team in the East. But yeah, they're starting five, and then the guys they bring off the bench. Yeah, it's they're, they're unmatched, I believe. How much money did you bet on them? Uh, threw a hundred bucks on them. It's and uh, what and could then, you win? Uh, Two fifty. Well, that's a great bet. Yeah, I hope you lose it all, even though that'll. <laughs>
I guess that won't affect our courtside seats because no, you won't know until the, the season's the over. Right, that, that's the end of the year. You all hear that music, right? You know what time it is? Jay, are you ready? Right, what's going on? Jay, are you ready? Oh, yeah. I thought there was more coming after that. <laughs> it is time for the news with Blanderson Hooper. Presented by Manscaped. Support for It's a Hard Next Life is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Jay, how is that ball toner going? I've been using uh, I've been using the deodorant every day. I feel like it's making a difference. Have you tried the lawnmower in the shower? No, because it is waterproof. Yeah, I don't. I think we talked about this last week. I don't know if that's a risk I'm willing to take. Did you know, Jay, that they've upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology? I, I didn't know that. And let's not forget about the charging stand. Show your mower off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock powered by USB. It's gorgeous. Yeah, you have multiple ways you could charge it, actually. Get 20% off and free shipping with code HARDNIXLIFE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code HARDNIXLIFE. Your balls will thank you. You know, other than the start of the season, it's really not a, it's not a big news week, but Obi Toppin, we mentioned before, he's got a strained calf. He's out for seven to 10 days. Carl uh, Anthony Towns, I don't know if you saw, dislocated his wrist. He is out indefinitely. Uh, Marquise Chris of the Warriors is out for the season, broke his fibula. Uh, four members of the Rockets are in seven-day quarantine. John Wall, Eric Gordon being uh, two of those four, so that's a big hit to them. Although uh, James Harden has been cleared to play. He's on his way up to, I think, Portland. Wasn't James Harden like um, fined for... Something related to all there that. There were there were some there was talk of some stuff going on at practice, some confrontations at practice, him throwing a ball at somebody at practice, some rookie. No, he was also at a party with no mask. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Oh yeah, yeah. He was there, at a party a with friction. Who? He said it was his. Uh, I think his girlfriend. I think his girlfriend is like a, a boss of some thing, and she threw a party for her employees or something, and he was there to support her. Something like that. <laughs> he was there for the wings. Was he there for the there wings? There you go. There you go. But he did come out and score like 44 points and 17 assists the other night. So well, I mean, he's fucking hasn't really affected him. Did you see how big he is? Yeah. He's, yeah. you know. All right. why, by the way, why can't why can't Clyde stop talking about how, how thin and good Julius, Julius Randle looks? Maybe he's got a man crush. Every game he's talking about either Rebecca Harlow's body or Julius <laughs> Randle's body. Do you remember last year he would talk about... Um, uh, uh, who was it? He called him an Adonis. Oh, are you talking about like Noah Vonley a couple yes. of years ago? Yeah, 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 Noah Vonley. That's right. <laughs> oh, he's got a beautiful body. Um, I don't know if you saw what happened in the Mavs and Clippers game. Oh my gosh! Yes, I did. At the half, the Mavs led seventy-seven to twenty-seven. So glad I didn't bet that game. Big, man. Biggest halftime lead in NBA history. Now Kawhi didn't play in that game, correct? He was no, out. He was out. He's All been right. out since that. But still, Bloody I mean, incident. no Kawhi shouldn't mean a 77 to 27 uh, deficit. They ended up by losing by fi like 51 points to the game, it's, right? It's it's insanity. Steph Curry became the uh, third person in NBA history to hit 2,500 three-pointers. And then two other stories. This one you're going to love, Craig. This is for you. Uh, mm. th and this is building off of last week. Uh, KP on Saturday had a 30-minute four-on-four practice session. 
four on four. Yeah. I thought Best he was cleared was last time zero. for five on zero, and he played four on four. Yeah, if you listen to Rick Carlisle talk, they're expecting him to actually be back pretty soon. Like, mm. Rick Carlisle's making it town like it's a matter of weeks. Well, the sooner if he gets even. back, the sooner he's gone again, so. <laughs> so I thought you would appreciate that. And then last thing, the, uh, the NBA has issued a, uh, a memo to all the teams letting franchises know that they are not allowed, even on their own, to pursue or administer the COVID-19 vaccine to, to go against public health guidelines for prioritization. So you know how there's like those tiers, you know, like frontline workers first, and then you've got teachers and they, they said the teams are not allowed on their own to try and pursue an avenue of which, by which they could get the vaccines before they are legally really allowed to. They're not allowed to jump the line. The, the Is that just, they they don't want any bad that. press type of thing. Yeah. And, um, that's the way the basketball bounces. No, uh, no bouncing balls sound effects. I didn't. I knew you didn't want to hear it, so I didn't do it. So. You didn't do that because of our reaction to it last week. Yeah. Ah, Jay, you just gotta do what you want to do. All right. So you us. know what? That's the way. The basketball bounces. It's <laughs> a weak bounce. What? <laughs> That's the way. Basketball bounces. It's a work. It's a work in progress. You know. I didn't want like a constant like. Doo, 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 doo. I wanted one that just kind of peters out. You okay. Know? Sure. Yeah, you want a couple. I, I think you want a couple hard, some hard like crossover dribbles there. Boom, boom, boom. That's the way. Boom, boom, boom. The basketball bounces, motherfuckers. I do like the idea going. of the ball dribbling away, but you got to figure out how to work. You know your words in in there so it all flows together nicely. All right, listen. What nice. if it's like that's the way. The basketball bounces, and then a shot gets put up. Swish. <laughs> you want me to do like all that? Yeah, especially the yeah, outro? especially if you think you just nailed that entire news segment. Bang! You guys want to hear some fucking voicemails? Wait, yes. hold on, hold on, hold on. What? Because uh, he, he reminded me of something when he was talking about the vaccines there. So mm. my mother-in-law is uh, visiting uh again she came up on christmas day she's here for a few days so she's mm. staying with us and we're at the dinner table the other night and she again by the way before you get into this she's she's safe to be there yeah yeah, yeah. gotten her covid test she got her negative test yes yes and she came you know by herself and um so we're eating dinner me my wife her and, and the two my two kids and you know, one of her things, you know, she has a lot of strong opinions about things. And one of her strong opinions is about vaccines, not COVID vaccines, but like vaccin vaccinating your children. And, you know, how, like, you know, you, you shouldn't be vaccinating your kids. It's causing like all these problems, yada, yada, yada. But she starts telling us a story about um, her, her husband has that she remarried has, you know, grandchildren. And one of them has some issues and she thinks it's from all the vaccinations. And she starts telling us and she goes, um, she starts telling the story. She says, you know, um, you know, there's a problem when you get all these V-A-C-C-I-N-E-S, you know, like like she doesn't want my kids to even hear her say the word. And then, you know, she continues talking about it and she's like, yeah, so like, you know, the V word, yada, yada, yada. Like, I just thought it was like this craziest, most bizarre thing that she thinks so badly of them that she won't even say the word. I told you that bitch crazy. <laughs> Do you think that's why she wouldn't say it? Or was she saying it out of respect for you guys where she didn't want to be talking bad about vaccines because she knows that you're going to be taking your kids or vaccines? 
they could be like, well, why is daddy giving me these vaccines when my crazy, when his crazy mother-in-law thinks they're First of all, they're, 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 first they're, of all they're old enough. They're old enough to spell, first of all. And secondly, it's just weird <laughs> hearing like an adult person having a conversation with you and like lowering their voice saying V-A-C-C-I. And I don't know. It was just the strangest. Was, she like, was she like those fucking V-I-A-C-C-I-N-E-S's <laughs> right. or fucking right. bullshit? Right, right. Maybe, maybe she was whispering it because she thinks maybe the government is listening in. Oh, and maybe, she's afraid to say something. That's How does right. she feel about this news I just heard today that for travel over the next year, it's possible that you could you could need a vaccine passport, something that says you've been vaccinated in order to oh. travel. Yeah, I don't think that shit would fly with her. <laughs> Crazy bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that crazy bitch. Voicemail time. Yes, sir. Hey, fellas, this is John from Illinois. I uh, just want to let you know, appreciate the show, uh, appreciate the work you guys do. Um, tonight's Knicks game was awesome. Um, kind of put me back. Uh, the first couple games were kind of I – I didn't really have the momentum, didn't really have the excitement about this team, and it was just like I was looking for that kind of jolt, and tonight gave us that. And I don't think that this team is, you know, destined for the playoffs or anything like that, but at least it gives you that excitement that, you know, they're going to play hard, they're going to be really good. So – um, love seeing that. Alfred was awesome. Um, Julius was fine. Alec Burks has been awesome as well. Been uh, really excited to see him kind of fit in well with this team. Uh, I think tonight I kind of realized that the idea of Kevin Knox being that good, I've, I've finally come to the realization that he's probably not going to be a superstar, but hopefully he can become superstar. just a solid role player and keep his career going with the Knicks. But uh, overall, uh, pretty excited about the win and uh, hope they can keep it up going against uh, Cleveland next. See ya. Very laughing at, at John's... Uh, I'm laughing at a couple of things, but what does Julius Randle have to do? This poor guy. So Julius Randle yeah, was Randall fine. fine. You know? <laughs> Alfred was awesome. Alec Parks was awesome. Julius Randle was fine. What do you want this guy to do? <laughs> He's getting you 14 boards, 29 points. He got you 25 points last game. <laughs> what do you want him to do? And he's break, not taking minutes. Slack. And he's not taking minutes away from Obi or anyone. No, Obi can't play anyway. <laughs> he's got to play. I mean, this would be the perfect opportunity for Julius to just do whatever the fuck he wants. He's going to play no matter what. And he, he, you know, he's he's playing so good that honestly, we're not missing Obi right now. And if Obi was playing, Julius, I mean, there's no way he could play any, anywhere near what Julius is playing right now. And did he really just say that he's coming to grips with the fact that Kevin Knox might be a superstar? Might not be a superstar. Yeah, I, yeah, I understand that. In what universe, in, 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 when, when did we ever think he was going to be a superstar? When he was drafted. Okay, yeah. <laughs> Less than 10 guys in the league are superstars. Come on. Kevin! Kevin. And here we got probably the most, this has to be the most accurate voicemail. I don't think he says one incorrect thing in this entire voicemail. Hey, Craig, Barry, Jay. I want to make sure I address all three of you. This is DB. Anyway, I just want to give you guys a shout out. You guys are the number one, not just Nick's podcast. I'm a podcast listener and you guys are the best podcast I listen to. Uh, I've listened to all the Knicks podcasts, and you guys are far and away the best. So far, completely accurate. Right, Barry? Yeah. Barry actually likes three other Knicks podcasts better than ours. But sorry. <laughs> you got Locked On Knicks, right? They uh, post six times a day, but they also cut to commercials in the middle of their own sentences. One time, the guy Gavin uh, actually left in him yelling, Mom, 
I'm recording a podcast. I thought that was fucking ridiculous. Hey, Mom! The meatloaf! We want it now! The meatloaf! Seriously, speaking of that, how do these other podcasts record that many times? Do they not have anything else going on in their lives? Maybe they don't. And they do, like like he said, six shows a week, but not to the quality of the number one podcast in existence. The one that makes it all better. Oh, yeah! <laughs> uh, Macri, uh, he's all right, I guess, but... Barry, close your ears for this one. He's about to talk shit against your boy. <laughs> uh, Macri, uh, he's all right, I guess, but he also uh, advertises for ambulance chasers, you know, no crumb cakes. He, uh, he advertises for ambulance chasers, Barry? Is that is that true? Uh, some law firm or lawyers, oh. yeah. Uh, you know, posting and toasting. They record that podcast on their uh, Palm Pilots, I think. What the fuck is a Palm Pilot, anyway? One of those really old things. <laughs> <laughs> is that like an... What is that? For real? I think it's like pilot? a 1990s... It's like the precursor to a smartphone. You guys, you guys are the best. All right, man. Hope we're all great. You guys are good. Hope you had a okay Christmas. Uh, best to Jay. Rest in peace to his father. You know, he should have just said... This is basically what he said in a nutshell. That trash! Ouch. <laughs> they stink! That's what he said about all the other podcasts. Barry, are you in a, a complete agreement with, with this assessment? 100%? If I'm being honest, I feel I feel, I feel, feel bad. Should I not feel bad? What the fuck should you feel bad I mean, It wasn't bad us about? that said it. Somebody else said <laughs> it. We're airing it out. <laughs> what do you feel bad about, Barry? I, don't, I feel bad putting, uh, putting these other shows down. We didn't put we anybody did, down. Yeah, we didn't say a thing. And they always put us down. They do? No, I don't know. <laughs> We'll I don't just listen. say that they do. So I honestly that way don't they... listen to podcasts. So <laughs> people always ask me, like, what podcast do you listen to? I'm like, I don't. Who has time to listen to fucking podcasts? I do uh, on the way to work in the morning. Do you listen to other Nick's podcasts? No, that I do not do. That would be like cheating on my wife. Exactly. Barry, do you? <laughs> never do that. Barry listens to them all. Well, you know what I have to say to that? Barry, well, you're boring. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for the show. Remember, you can reach out to us. It's a hardnickslife at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at hardnickslife. You can follow Barry at Barry Dworkin. You can follow Jay at Blandy Hooper. And you can call us. 516-33-MESH-1. That's 516-336-3741. You can buy some Hardnicks Life merch at hardnickslife.threadless.com. Dot com. I'm loving all these photos of everyone showing themselves off in their Hardnicks Life shirts, right, guys? Yeah, all over the world is really, really cool to see. And my son's Obi-Wan t-shirt came just in time for Christmas, so he got his Obi-Wan tee. And was he excited about that? Yes. I designed that shirt with Obi dunking the ball, and all he's doing is shooting threes. I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's so it's Come strange. on, Obi. <laughs> Come on, Obi. Leave us some positive ratings and or five-star reviews wherever you listen to the show. We could use some new ones. All right, it's been a while. This is the season of giving, right? So give to us. We are the number one Knicks podcast. We are better. Yes, in the face! Do you think any of them are listening to us, Barry? And you, there could be a problem? Is that why you feel bad? Um, I don't know. Don't you sometimes... I'm a very insecure person, I think, in general. And sometimes, maybe it's just in my head, but don't you feel like we are the outcast of all, all the podcasts? And we've been invited to some of the viewing parties and all that shit. But all the other shows are they're having each other on all the time. They're all in these, like, 
big fucking networks that they've created, you know, <laughs> where they're all involved. And then there we are, the Hard Nick's Life crew, doing our own thing. I kind of like it. Do they not like us, do you think? No. Or they only no, like think... you and they don't like me? No, no, I don't think that has anything to do with it at all. I think it's kind of like, um, oh, what is it like? You know how, like, um, you've got, like, your TV actors and maybe, like, different TV actors will appear on different TV shows, but, like, you wouldn't have, I mean, ex- until now, you wouldn't have, like, a movie superstar or movie actor come down onto TV. I think we're looked <laughs> at as, like, an upper echelon of a podcast, <laughs> and they probably feel intimidated uh, to even ask us to come on. Can I respond to that? <laughs> Go ahead. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things <laughs> I've ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room what is, this, like a 45 is now second audio for having listened to it. I award you no points. Like, what is this going to And may stop? God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> you going to play the whole movie? Um, yeah, so I didn't articulate it well, but that, that's my point. I think maybe we're considered just that upper tier. They wouldn't even... Uh, <laughs> Get out of here. What's the schedule coming up, Barry? Give it to us. Tuesday. <laughs> Barry, Barry, Barry did not know I was doing this and scrambling. Tuesday at Cleveland, Thursday at Toronto, Saturday at Indiana. It's like every other day we got a game. So the next next four are on Jason's the taking my fucking spot here, Craig. <laughs> well, you weren't prepared. He's ready to Fuck. go. Jay, guess what? This is yours the rest of the season. I just, I just lost the starting job. Shit. You, you weren't prepared, Barry. <laughs> Jay, how was your Christmas, by the way? Is it okay? I would say amongst Christmases, it's probably the worst that I've ever had. Yeah, I don't know why I asked you. I apologize. <laughs> um, <laughs> Jay, how, yeah, have a great time at Christmas. Uh, I'm sorry, Jay. Although, actually, I do have something that I can share. Uh, On Christmas Eve, my brother-in-law got so drunk that he gave my nine-year-old, like, a real, like, dead arm and also smacked my 12-year-old in the face. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. He didn't seem like a sloppy drunk, and I didn't really realize it until after those two things happened. And you've never seen him like that before? Well, I, he wasn't sloppy. Like, I just didn't, I didn't even realize that he was that drunk. But yeah, he made my nine-year-old cry. Oh, my God. Hold on. Was this all in, like, a span of 30 seconds that he was beating everyone up? No. <laughs> this happened over <laughs> a span of, a, of, you know, probably half an hour or something like that, maybe, towards the end of the night. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Wow, and he's never gotten like that before. No, huh? no, no. Was there context, like, or did they deserve it? I don't know what they were doing. I guess they were just me- messing around, and he just must have. According to my brother, what he could just they say? What could they do to deserve that? Battle? Pounded him. <laughs> oh yeah, Dude. if if Jason's son was like, "Yo, you're a fucking bitch," and then he just <laughs> slapped him. I don't think that's. What so what? What's the move there? Do you do you then give him a dead arm and slap him in the face? No, I didn't do either of those two things. Um, my sister-in-law gave him a look and gave him a hard time, so. I actually got a text today apologizing. So he... from him. Yeah. All right. Let me hear the let me hear the uh, the text apology. Okay. So he wrote, "I heard I physically harmed your children. I'm truly sorry for that." I he heard. Even remember? He heard that he did. He's like, "What? He black out?" I guess he doesn't remember. I don't know if it's not that he remembers wow. doing it, or maybe he remembers it differently. Yeah. So that happened. 
<laughs> wow. Well, Merry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's Jewish, so maybe he was just caught up in the moment. He, I don't know. Maybe he just wow. was hating on Christmas. <laughs> right. And that was how he decided to take it out on them. You know? So now we have Barry's crazy mother-in-law and your fucking abusive brother-in-law. <laughs> Another uh, guy who in a few weeks will be getting votes on the show, probably. All right, guys. Well, until next time, it is a hard Nick's life. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.